Dear Diary, good morning. It's just Saturday morning. Uh, quarantine day, who knows what. My kids actually were in, uh, or off on spring break the week before the mandatory quarantining started coming out. So they've already been home for a week. So I really have no clue what day it is. I mean, I know what day it is, but you know, like our timelines here have really run together. But regardless, we still go to bed and we still get up. And so um, here I am starting out my morning routine. Thought I would check back in because it's been a minute. And uh, I've had good days and I've had bad days with my routine. And I can tell you that the days that I have fulfilled my routine have been the most rewarding days um, that I've had. And sometimes it bleeds into the next day. And so I will use that as an excuse not to do my routine because I still feel good from the day before and then by about you know noon I start to peter out (laughs) because I didn't recharge uh so anyway don't forget to plug yourself in and uh, take care of yourself and that's what today is about and I wanted to share um a few of the tools that I use in my toolbox because I have a lot and to be honest without them Uh, I would certainly succumb to the torture that is my brain every day, every minute of every day. So I thought I would share my tools with you because um, you can really never have too many. And that's actually something I learned from my father. Um, If you don't know EJ, uh, well, if you met him, you would know. You'd understand. He has pretty much everything you could ever need for anything. So that weird branch you would use one time for one project for something. He has that buried somewhere, but he has it. So anyway, my tool collecting habits come from him. Um, So naturally, um, I have a variety. Some of them are similar to what other people are doing. Most of them are similar to what other people are doing. And um, I've always been somebody who likes to try it out right like I'm always kind of skeptical until I've given it a try myself and that's all I want to really encourage you to do is that you know if you think I'm sitting here and I'm just like blowing smoke and you know just whatever I don't I don't really even know what I'm trying to say right now to be honest it's still kind of early and I haven't had coffee yet but um the point is that it doesn't hurt to try something, right? If you're skeptical, what what is the cost of not trying it out, right? The cost is that nothing changes, that your life stays the same. That might be okay if you love your life, but if you're in a current state where you don't, maybe we start to find a couple tools and try them out and see if they work for the the uh, repairs that you're needing to do. And if not, then you find other tools and, um, you know, other people to share those with you and show you how to use them. So anyhow, here we go. Tool one, meditate. Um, I can't say it enough. Meditate, just do it. Silence, prayer, whatever it is, whether you're praying or meditating, they're the same as long as you're doing the same you're trying to achieve the same things, right? Like you can't just pray to God and say, you know, 
I'm, my life sucks. You know, why is it like this? Can you please just send me relief? Um, you know, you're not going to get answers in that way. And that's why I like meditation over prayer because it almost walks you through kind of what you need to do in order to kind of release whatever might be holding you back. Because a lot of times, uh, well, every time it's us, um, we put our own um, expectations on things for ourselves and for other people. And when we do that, it causes us to feel a certain way when those expectations are not met. So, you know, we got to let that go. And sometimes we don't know how to do that. And you can try to potentially articulate it in a prayer. But I, I find that meditation is the best way to um, quiet the mind and also um, rationalize potentially what's going on. It kind of it brings you back down to earth and outside of our fears and our worries and our anxieties and our doubts and, you know, just all of the unknown um, that's going on around us. So tool one, meditate five minutes, 10 minutes, an hour. I mean, if you can't get your brain to stop talking to you with constant thoughts and constant things where you should, where it's making you want to get up and go, um, then you need to keep sitting there longer and fight through that because, That's exactly what's keeping you from doing what potentially you need to be doing, Um, whatever that looks like. It it could be, you know, looking for a job. If you don't have a job, it could be trying to get your finances in order. It could be, I mean, who knows? Thousands of things, being a better parent, who knows? Whatever it is. Um, For me, it's all of those things, right? Like I'm always evaluating everything, so you know, if I can be a better parent, I'm going to try to find ways to do that. If I can, you know, manage my finances better, I'm going to do that. So um, by meditating, it helps you kind of rein in all of the things that are going on and just kind of lets you enjoy breathing and being. And then, you know, like I said, provides that clarity. So do it if you can. I did about 25 minutes this morning and I feel phenomenal and I can't wait to start my day. Even though my plans have already been altered for the day, I'm actually really not bummed out about it at all and I would have been normally had I not meditated. No lie. Um, Tool two, books. Knowledge is always power. Like, I don't care what kind of book it is. I mean, I do kind of care a little bit. It probably shouldn't be, like, super depressing and, like, fictional, maybe. Like, pick up something that's going to challenge what you know or what you think you know or what you don't know. Um, Could be anything. Uh, Could be trying to learn a new language. Could be trying to, uh, you know, learn a new skill. Could be you know, how to get your life going back in the direction, how to make money, who, I mean, it doesn't matter. Pick a book that is fulfilling and that can encourage growth. And I apologize right now for all of the yelling. It is morning in my house and breakfast is being cooked. And so, you know, they don't like to like go to the same room to talk to each other. We just yell through the house instead, but we're working on that too. Anyway, back to the books. So, uh, currently I am reading the subtle, excuse me, I always say this word wrong because I'm like, you know, was taught to sound out the letters, (laughs) even though if I know what the word is. So, subtle art of not giving a fuck. 
Um, so I've been reading this book for a minute now, and it's really good. I actually, when I first started reading it, I kind of hated it because I felt like it was like hating on everything that I've been doing so far, like using my affirmation statements and my positivity and all of this stuff. And, you know, so I, I did let my ego get a little offended when I first started reading it, but now I'm just taking it for what it is, which is a tool. Um, and I'm taking the pieces out of it that I feel like are super important. And one of the things that's come up a lot in my life is responsibility. And I talk about it a lot. Um, I think my last podcast talked about it, mentioned it. Um, but it's a constant, um, lesson that's coming up in my life right now. And responsibility is super important and super key to, um, you know, navigating the life that you want or receiving the life that you don't want. Cause if you're ultimately not showing up responsibly, then, um, you know, your life is probably not going to pan out the way that you want it to. So, um, I wanted to start recording my podcast right now because I was actually in the middle of starting my, my other morning routine thing. So meditation, check, reading, check, because I'm actually going to read a little bit to you because I thought that this book had a lot to offer and I just want to give you a little snippet and uh, maybe a little free publicity for Mark Manson, the author of The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, um, and encourage you to get this book or read this book if you don't have it in your collection yet. So um, this particular chapter is about responsibility and about how you're always choosing Um, Whether you're choosing to act or react or to feel or not to feel like no matter what that what you are doing, you are choosing in every moment to do or do do or not do something. Um, So this particular uh, part of this chapter is talking about victimhood chic, which is uh, an expression he uses to describe the um, social norm that we are faced with a victimhood mentality. Um, So I'm just going to read this little, like a couple pages um, for my podcast, and then um, I'll keep moving on to the rest of my uh, tools. But victimhood chic. The responsibility fault fallacy allows people to pass off the responsibility for solving their problems to others. This ability to alleviate responsibility through blame gives people a temporary high and a feeling of moral righteousness. Unfortunately, one side effect of the internet and social media is that it's become easier than ever to push responsibility for even the tiniest of infractions onto some other group or person. In fact, this kind of public blame-shame game has become popular. In certain crowds, it's even seen as cool. The public sharing of injustices garners far more attention and emotional outpouring than most other events on social media, rewarding people who are able to perpetually feel victimized with ever-growing amounts of attention and sympathy. Victimhood chic is in style on both the right and the left today, among both the rich and the poor. In fact, this may be the first time in human history that every single demographic group has felt unfairly victimized simultaneously, and they're all riding the highs of the moral indignation that comes along with it. Right now, anyone who is offended about anything 
whether it's fact that a book about racism was assigned in a university class, or a Christmas tree was banned at a local mall, or the fact that taxes were raised half a percent on investment funds, feels as though they're being oppressed in some way and therefore deserve to be outraged and to have certain amount of attention. The current media environment both encourages and perpetuates these reactions because, after all, it's good for business. So, like, we we know that. Like, I could give a thousand examples of things I've seen us do online um, that adds to this victimhood, but this really doesn't add really much to this particular episode except for that I felt like what I was reading applied to everything that I'm working on currently in my life. And so I feel like books are very much of an important tool to have um, by your side at all times. And I actually have books cracked, like I have like four or five books cracked right now. Um, and by cracked, I mean like I'm in the middle of reading them and they have a bookmark in them somewhere. Um, and I don't always read the same book every day. Um, this particular book I'm reading is part of a challenge for me to read every morning and not to open my phone first thing and get on Instagram and, uh, Pinterest and social and Snapchat and stuff. Um, so, uh, yeah, this particular book I'm reading a lot of, and I feel like every time I pick up a book, whether it's this one in the morning or whether it's a different book or a new one, and I decide to break it open and start reading it, like it always applies to what's going on. And it always kind of like helps me reflect on the changes that I'm trying to make and the person that I'm, um, you know, becoming and, uh, you know, all the things that I'm trying to let go that are uh, holding me back in my life. So um, books are great. They there's a reason that like there's shelves full of them. There's reasons that there's, uh, you know, libraries for them. They're super important. Knowledge is power. The more you get, the better you're the better you're informed, the better your decision, the better your rationality. Like I just, I just cannot encourage reading enough. And I am not a reader. I've never been a reader. I was a slow reader in school. Like I had to take reading classes because they, I wasn't proficient enough. Like I was, would drag my feet to read. So I'm just telling you from a non-reader to you, books are super important. Get as many as you can, read them all as fast as you can. Um, because your life will be better because of it. Tool three is journaling. (coughs) Pardon me. Journaling is something I also try to do daily. Um, not very good at it daily, but I'm good at it when I think about it. Almost every time that I think about journaling, I have been picking up my journal. Um, and I know that sounds weird, like, oh, that's so like high school to have a journal. But the truth is, is that it's not, especially because we live in a world with so much information that's being passed around. And like, we have all these thoughts that go in and out throughout the day as well. So there's just a lot that your brain really is trying to process that we're suppressing. And what uh, I told a friend of mine when I started to encourage her to journal, I said, your brain needs to take a dump. Like you need to do a brain dump. Like you can't focus and you're all over the place and you're high strung and all of these things that she was using to describe herself. Not, I mean, I may be changing. I don't know. I don't feel like I'm changing her words. 
Sarah, I'm not trying to offend you. I hope I'm not offending you. Just an example. Love you, boo. Anyway, um, <laughs> so she, you know, was having a lot of trouble and I just kept encouraging her. I'm like, you need to journal. You need to journal. Your brain needs to take a shit. Like it really just needs to shit. And like, that's what journaling is. It's a brain shit. Like our, um, our thoughts are so abstract when they're inside and especially when we're internalizing them a lot. Um, so you have to, you have to get them out because once you start writing them down, you're like, oh man, that doesn't make any sense. Why would I say that? Why would I think that? Which is also not necessarily, um, good or bad way to look at things. You want to make sure you don't beat yourself up about what you're thinking. But if you maybe ask yourself the why, you know, like, why am I saying these things or why am I feeling this way? Or why do I feel, think this way? Um, you can start to unmask some of the the things that maybe you think about yourself that are holding you back or that you've adapted that other people feel about you that you're using as a way to hold yourself back. But anyway, the journaling is what allows you to deconstruct what's going on in your brain. So if there's things that you're internalizing or there's mess going on in your life, by journaling it about it, it allows you to look at it through um, you know, a, a lens where you can potentially take some action, right? Because that's where change happens is in the action phase. We all have the answers. Um, And sometimes writing down what we're going through and what we're doing and how we're thinking is like that slap in the face. You need to go, oh, well, that's silly. (laughs) Don't think that. If you think you're poor, then you will be poor. You know, I mean, like the, the real thing is, is that like I may or may not have a lot of money in the bank account which may or may not define me as poor. But if I think that I'm poor and I look at the things that I have and I and I feel that way about it, then I absolutely am going to um you know, have that kind of state of mind and that state of being weighing me down the whole time. But when I look at it and I can focus on you know, how um wealthy my life is and not necessarily from a monetary standpoint but from any standpoint just in general then um I can realize that on paper and start to actively fix the way that I'm thinking about it and I realize that all of this may not be coming out um really articulate this morning and that's okay because this like I said is not there's no, I have no expectations with this. This is me. I am as I am unapologetically. And so, um, these tools I'm sharing with you are literally just things that I'm doing on a regular basis that I feel like are helping me overcome my own personal challenges. I hope they help you too. Um, so journal, you must journal. It's important. Your brain needs to take a shit. That's how it does it. So brain's got to poop. Next tool, yoga. I know. I never really thought I would be one of those moms that's like the yoga mom and also has like, you know, the, like, I just, I feel like that, I don't know, like, I feel like a stereotype, but I also like feel like I'm not, like, I feel like I'm all stereotypes rolled into one, which makes me not one. (laughs) So it's kind of fun. But, you know, like, I am that yoga mom in that, like, reusable bag toting mom in the sprouts organic shopping mom 
anyway, it's just kind of silly. But yoga, yoga is amazing. Um, and not just because I get to wear yoga pants every day, but because um, it actually is a beautiful way to get through limits that we've created for ourselves. So your body in its physical form we put all these limits around it, right? Like when we're a certain size, we can't can't wear a bikini, right? And because like we don't feel like I should be in a bikini because I look a certain way. Um and I this is all coming from my personal experience. Remember, I'm I'm skinny now or I'm healthy now, not skinny, healthy. Um it but I was very unhealthy for a long time and you know, so my body has been through many limits. There were a lot of things I couldn't do. Um, you know, while I was pregnant, I couldn't put on my own shoes, you know, but that was temporary and I got through it. And, um, when I was, I know, babe, breakfast is ready, but I'm still working on my toolbox right now. It's okay. Robert says he's sorry for interrupting, but it's okay. Because he, he knows the tools, and uh, he's using the tools. Um, <laughs> anyway, again, my house, you know, this is as I am. Uh, I, I don't get a whole lot of peace, and I got my peace during my meditation, so I can't really expect much more than that. Um, but anyway, <coughs> uh, our bodies have lots of limits, and we experience them uh, differently throughout different stages of our life. And uh, I feel like I definitely suffer a lot from a lot of different kinds of back pain and stress and, you know, just kind of poor posture and, and other things like that. But I've always been, or I, the reason I started yoga was because I was doing cardio pretty heavily and I was doing weight training pretty heavily and I was so stiff and like I just felt like my range of motion um, was pretty limited. So then I started to do some yoga um, when they offered it during my lunch break at work uh, when I lived back in South Dakota and we did it outside and it was so much fun and it was so amazing and there's like nothing better than doing yoga outdoors. But um you just get that like real fresh air, fresh breath, and then you're just exercising and enjoying the heat and the warmth of the sun. Ah, oh, it's just so incredible. But um, I did the yoga because I wanted to get flexibility back and some broader range of motion. But the longer that I have been doing yoga and, you know, the more teachers and, and different instructors that I've been um in class with, I've realized that yoga really is like a beautiful form of art and exercise. Um, And like, it just shows you that, you know, with constant practice and, you know, training and pushing through discomfort, that you can become something you, you can, how do I want to say this? Because it's like, you've always had the ability it was just a matter of conditioning yourself to be able to use it effectively, right? So yoga allows your body to bend and to move in the air to flow through your body in a way that pushes its boundaries and um, 
extends the limits that we have uh, perceived for ourselves. And so I really think that yoga is a great tool um, when you're trying to practice those things in your life um, from, you know, from any other kind of standpoint, I guess, um, mental standpoint, especially like if you're trying to purge out belief systems and, you know, you think that you have a hit a glass ceiling somewhere, then you need to yoga your mental way through that, that limit. But, um, and I mean like, you know, you need to be doing mental yoga as well as physical yoga. Um, because that practice of going outside your limits and pushing those boundaries is super important. And, um, if we don't do that more regularly, then we do live these lives of contentment, um, which aren't bad if you're, you know, love everything that you have. Um, but if you, you know, are feeling stagnant and like, you know, your, your life is flying by without you and you're not in it, like then, then this is what you need. Uh, tool five, and I'll leave it here just because I feel like this has gone on for a little while now. And, um, again, it's kind of all over the place. So I apologize for just how disconnected this particular episode is. And it's just because I feel like my brain is firing on all cylinders right now. Um, and when that happens, it's very hard for me to speak, which you can ask my husband. He yells at me all the time. Not yells. I say yells. He, uh, gives me grief all the time because I trip over my words. Um, but anyway, tool five, uh, I was just now not going to lie. Uh, I can't even think of that word, man. See, I'm just having like all kinds of brain farts right now. Like I need to take a brain dump. I have not journaled this morning. Clearly you can tell. Um, so anyway, uh, well, I guess I'll bring tool five back on my next episode because I can't remember. Oh, I remember it came to me. Um, affirmations is number five. So affirmations can be anything honestly some people hate the i am statements because they feel like they're lying to themselves but like the truth is is that like if you can't look at yourself in the mirror and tell yourself that you're beautiful then you have a lot of things that you need to work on and you maybe should start with i don't know i don't know where you should start i start by grabbing tools that people suggest to me man so here's where you can start start by telling yourself that you are beautiful and I plan to uh close my session with my morning affirmations because that was the third thing of my morning routine that I should be doing and uh that's probably the one that's probably the most no I'd say I do that one probably the most regularly just because I kind of switch it up all the time it's not always the same affirmations every morning some affirmation mornings are different sometimes it's just me saying how grateful I am for things in the mirror. Um, currently I'm now out of bed and I'm standing in front of my mirror and I'm talking to you. I'm watching myself talk. Always weird. It's never easy, but what's interesting about it is that like I've literally watched my face transform in the way that I see myself. Um, even though nothing about my face has changed, um, especially in the last year for sure. Like I'm not losing weight or like nothing 
is changing um, about my face. Like, but it looks different. I can't explain it. It just looks different. Um, and that's with my mouth closed, okay? Because I know the braces are different. All right? You don't have to give me guff about that. Um, but anyway, so we'll close here with affirmations. And <clears throat> today I want to tell myself that I am intelligent, I am kind, I am caring, I am loving, I am loved, I love you, I love you, you work hard as hell, you also never give up, you're tenacious as fuck, and you're hilarious, unapologetically. This is Christy.